0: Well, good morning and welcome to Spruce Grove Community Church. Have the opportunity in the midst of whatever is going on in our journeys right now to honor the Lord, to worship Him, to celebrate Him this morning. And I think it's funny that even in the midst of snow, we can celebrate what the Lord has done. He's a good God. It doesn't matter. We can have fun in the midst of this. Right? We know what's going to happen in a day or two. We live in Alberta. It's going to be plus 15. The snow is going to melt and two days later it's going to come again. But that's kind of like our faith journey is those days are going to come where it's not so good but we know that as the day goes on things will shift. Things will change. And this morning we come before the Lord and celebrating what He's going to do. Right? Because He's going to do good things. So I want us to do something totally different. I just felt this this morning. This may be totally cheesy. It doesn't really matter to me. I feel like Sometimes we need to set a tone, and I felt like this morning we need to set a tone. And so I want us to get on our feet and I want us just to clap in celebration. I just want us to clap. Start clapping. Okay? Just keep clapping. Jesus. Jesus. Yes, Lord. right now in this atmosphere, just listen. I believe the Holy Spirit is here amongst us. And for some of us, this is hard. And I was thinking about this like five seconds ago that we don't like to wait. I was thinking of going to the hospital. It's the last place I want to go to because I know it's a four-hour wait sometimes just to get through the door. Sometimes in the morning, I refuse to go to Tim Hortons because I know the lineup's going to be four blocks long. But sometimes we push through those moments because we want our coffee or we need to see the doctor. But here, right now, in this moment, we have the opportunity to come before the Lord and just wait, to listen. Listen. And I feel right now specifically for some of us. He wants to speak to you individually. We don't need to docker this up right now for you. Actually, he wants to speak to you right where you're sitting, in your chair. The Holy Spirit is amongst us right now. Are we listening to what he's saying? We're just going to take a couple more minutes here and just sit in his presence to listen. To listen to his voice. And if you need to respond, then respond. Whatever he's asking you to do. Jesus, teach us to wait, to not get caught in this fast paced life, and allow these moments to pass us by where we can actually just stop and listen to you. You have so much you want to say to us. That's what I keep hearing so many words that want to come from your mouth to us. And you want us to just stop sometimes and listen to that voice that is there right now at this moment. Whatever situation and problem, you're ready to speak into it. Whatever fears we have, you're ready to take care of those right now if we'll listen. Jesus, right now, I just pray for that. Whatever things each person in this house today is weighing on right at this moment, speak into it, Jesus. Holy Spirit, let them see that you have them. You've got them. In fact, I know you're speaking those words to some of them right now. I've already taken care of this. Trust me. You know, the Lord spoke to me this week, and one of the things he said to me specifically Because I asked him, what's one thing you want to tell me? What's one thing I can work on? And he said, you know, sometimes you're just too busy. I said, well, too busy doing what? Sometimes you're too busy doing sports stuff. Sometimes you're too busy doing church stuff. Sometimes you're too busy
1: doing nothing. You know how when you're using Google Maps to get to someplace... And suddenly it says, we've just found a new route that will save you 14 minutes. But you're kind of used to the route you're on already, and you kind of are okay with it. Or maybe you're talking to the other person in the vehicle, and so you choose to ignore uh, what Google Maps is saying. Man, you could have just saved 14 minutes. You could have actually been on time for that doctor's appointment instead of late. Like it could have made a difference but you chose not to listen. And maybe maybe that's what we're doing sometimes is we choose not to listen, and it could have saved us a lot of grief, and we could have been early instead of being late. So Jesus, I
0: do pray in the midst of everything we got going on in our world, help us not to bypass your voice which can save so much time, effort, hurts, wounds, so many things. Father, teach us how to tune everything else out, not to have to be entertained, not to have to be stimulated in some way or form. Teach us, God, how to actually just listen to you, to have that conversation you're wanting. Jesus. You know, one of the things that I... I saw today, I was just asking the Lord about right now, right in this moment. And I thought the Lord said to me, do you see all the beauty in this room? There was a moment where I just got to pause. And I felt the Lord just look around in the midst of all the turmoil, all the stuff. Do you see the beauty that's right in front of you? And specifically today, he highlighted Vance Newman for me. I don't know about you guys, but when I watched him this morning, all I saw was joy. And I felt the Lord said to me, do you see it? Do you see the beauty on this man? At certain points, the only man clapping at the building, but he didn't care. At other moments, pacing back and forth, just enjoying the presence of God right here, right now, in this moment. Not allowing his life and his circumstances to creep in. And I felt like the Lord said, that is so beautiful. So amazing. Do you see that? I look at Vernon right here and I see a man and I felt the Lord say, do you see a man who constantly perseveres through life? I mean, this man does not have it easy. He works so hard. But I felt like the Lord said right away, do you see it on him? He's faithful. He's so faithful to push through all that stuff, all those moments. It's not fun for him sometimes. He's gone for two weeks at a time. He's alone and by himself. But yet here in this moment right now, the Lord sees him and says, faithful, faithful servant, willing to march on, willing to keep battling. That's so beautiful. I look at this entire family right here, the Hassmans, such a tough year, but the word that keeps coming over all of you is the Lord says, I see you persevering. I see you fighting, and it's beautiful. As hard as it is, there's a beauty within that. There's beauty in persevering. There's beauty in fighting. And I see Rick and Delaray. And I feel like the Lord says, you need to watch this couple more. Because they found a way not to get caught in the midst of the storm. Somehow, this couple, I don't know how they do it. But I see them sleeping on the boat when the storms come. I want to be more like that. I don't want the storms to take over my life. And the Lord would say, your faith is beautiful. Your faith stands out to me. Your faith is an example to the body. Thank you, Jesus. Well, I'm going to go out of it on a limb. Vance, can you come here for a minute? I, I want to get you to do something. You can say no to me if you want. Not really. I just want this man to pray for our body this morning because I feel that there's an element of joy that is missing in this house. And I feel like the Lord is saying, do you know what? It's okay to be joyful. It's all right in the midst of whatever you're going through to be thankful for who I am, to realize that I've already got you and I am going to push you through this situation. It's okay to celebrate in the midst of whatever's going on.
2: It's all right. Heavenly Father, we just give you thanks for this body. For all these people there, Lord. Lord knows I come here, you know, searching. And I find my answers in this place. Answers for everything. Practical things. Hypothetical things. Everyday things. Thank you, Lord God, for that. And that's this body. I come here in the midst of all these people... And I know, dear Lord, that I'm not alone. I'm not alone. And I give thanks for that. I give thanks for everything that you do for all these people, dear Lord. And dear Lord, I just see, uh, just this morning, I thank you for this. I see this beautiful goblet of gold, dear Lord. And I see it being filled. With, I don't know if it's water or what it's being filled with. But it's just pouring over. And it just lifts my heart. And just takes a weight off me, dear Lord. And just gives me hope in you, dear Lord. And, dear Lord, I think that in some way represents this body. All our cups are just flowing over. If everybody can just see that, just see a a goblet, this beautiful goblet with beautiful, expensive stones. And it's just being filled from nowhere. It's just pouring over, just pouring over. And I think that's so, it's connected to who we are here at this church. And then it goes outwards. But I think it starts here dear lord and we so thank you for that and we thank you for the blessing that's over this body dear lord and we thank you for the healing that's going on right now in this body and all that's connected to this body dear lord i so believe that your healing power goes out today that there's healing everywhere in our bodies dear lord in our minds in our attitudes Dear Lord, and I call, and I say, dear Lord, that I repent. And I repent, dear Lord. I come in repentance. And I give you thanks for that. I give you thanks that I can come here and repent of all my sins. And know that my sins are already taken care of. And this body's sins are taken care of. Dear Lord, so I just give you thanks again for this body of wonderful people. And the joy that fills this place. If it's anything but this one day, dear Lord, we come here. Where we can rejoice in your name and be strong in your name. And be optimistic in who you are and what you're doing. And in being optimistic that our lives will be made better and better and better. And that we're fulfilled. And that all our goals are fulfilled. And that we our cups just running over. Just running over. And like the word says. As long as we dwell in this house, that's a caveat there, isn't it? We dwell in this house forever and ever and ever and ever. As long as we dwell in this house forever and ever and ever and ever, our cup will always be running over. Thank you, Lord. Amen. God,
0: you are good. We thank you for all that you do in our lives and in our journey before uh, Jesse comes. He's another fellow where I did see something for him today. And I was reminded of an image I saw of Jesse years ago. Actually, when I first met him, I played football with Jesse. and I didn't know him that well. And uh, we played tackle football, which was our mistake. And Jesse was not on my team, I don't think. They gave Jesse the ball. Can anybody guess what happened? forgot to tackle him. We didn't want to tackle him because he pretty much destroyed everybody. As he was running, he probably had four or five guys on him and I was watching him fall down. Boom, boom, boom. This was right in front of Rick and Della's house. And I remember thinking, who is this guy? He's a wrecking ball, right? He's just destroying everything. But it was important and what he was doing was good because he was getting points for his team. And today I felt like the Lord reminded me, Jesse has a way of breaking things down. And guess what? I need those people in the body of Christ, too, who prepare the way, who create this wake sometimes. And I felt today the Lord wanted to say to you, he sees beauty in that. And you need to know that, because I think sometimes people struggle with it. But I think the Lord looks at it and sees beauty. And I think, I never want to play football with you again, but in the spiritual realm, I'm excited to follow behind you. So come on, Jesse.
3: When I was a kid, there's this song that, it was hilarious. It was by this Christian, I have no idea who it was, but it was by this Christian artist guy. And it, the song was Please Don't Send Me to Africa. Anyone know that? I just remember, I thought it was hilarious. And, like, <laughs> and, uh, and I remember, I, was, I think it was like six. I just remember hearing the song, and I was like, ah, you know, God, I, I remember talking like this then. I, I just would go anywhere you wanted and then one day, Nikki comes to me and says, yeah, let's move to Alberta. And I didn't want to go. I'll be perfectly honest. Actually, in fact, I said, I'm, I'm never going to move to Edmonton. That was my exact words. And, um, well, God put me as close as I possibly could have been. But now I look outside and I keep remi- I'm being reminded of the pre-why I didn't want to come here. I'm from the West Coast, like, you saw snow for like a day, and it was gone, and you'd be like, sure, it's wet, but who cares? <sighs> so anyway, that being said, I actually am, here's a little side thing, I was, I'm was. i actually called to Edmonton, the city. Uh, I grew up with a great disdain for the hockey team. <laughs> so I'm not joking. It's hard for me to... I was watching with uh, Jared the other night, uh, the game that the Oilers got spanked 7 nothing, and, like, the Sharks scored. I'm, I'm usually nice around, like, people, other fans. I don't cheer against their team publicly just to be nice to them. Because I don't like it when people do that to me, just to rub it in. Like, But they scored, the Sharks scored, and I cheered. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I mean, sorry, Jared. And so I don't know, like, there's this disdain. But now I've actually been, I had a prophetic word a couple of years ago. I told Chris that I felt, and this was in the dire era of the team, that actually they were going to win a Stanley Cup, and it was actually going to mark a change and a shift in Edmonton and the region. <laughs> Joel's clap applauding. And so I, I don't, I'm don't. i not saying that this is the era. I just feel, it's funny, you know, because you, you think, well, what does that have to do with anything in that? But there's something that gets along. And you look right now, for the last 10 years, people have been very subdued with even being responsive to something happy. And all of a sudden, our province kind of like spins weirdly out of what it was been doing for the 40 years previous. And everyone's like, I don't know where I fit right now. And all of a sudden, something comes along and a team performs better than they should. And all of a sudden, everyone's like, yeah, no, this is where we're supposed to be. This is the place where I'm supposed to be. This is why I'm here. And I know it doesn't really fit with our kind of idea about the kingdom, and it doesn't fit it with the idea like, well, Jesus is the only thing that matters. And I agree, it's, it's very, very, very base <laughs> in terms of things, but when you feel that thing release and open up, even on that level, I believe it actually does something in the spirit. And I believe that it actually causes people to look and hope for things that they haven't hoped for before, or for a long time. The reason that it's important to me right now is because I feel that there is an actual door open to hope. There's actually a door opening that is allowing some sort of life to come and bloom where it hasn't bloomed before. And now we look outside and we're like, that doesn't make sense. We thought spring was coming, and it is not about that. There's something deeper going on in the spirit, and I can feel it, that is, has to do with life. And I, and I know, like, we talk about life all the time. We talk about things like, let's, be, let's have life, let's, let's bring life, let's speak life, let's do all that. But until you actually start to see life, you really just don't feel like there's a part of it. And sure, there's faith. Sure, there's a step of faith where you have to step into something where there is no life. You have to actually believe that life can come even when there's five inches of snow outside. We know, we've lived here long enough, that in a short time, the weather will change, the weather will get warmer, there will be things that grow once again. But in the spirit, it seems like it's much harder to see. It's much harder to understand because it's something that to our natural minds, isn't understandable. Yet the word of God says, no, there's faith. And when you speak this, mountains can move. Things from small as mustard seeds can have great results. Great life can come from something almost infinitesimal, tiny, tiny. And so what does that mean right now for us as believers in the body of Christ? What does it mean for us right now in, in church in general, not just this church I'm talking about in the world, because we look at things so, um, we look at things so literally sometimes that we kind of forget where faith fits into the whole mix. I when I moved here, it was I wanted to, and I didn't want to. I wanted to kind of like, I knew something was supposed to happen, but I didn't see it. And so I had to take a step. I know that there's people in this room right now that you don't really know what that step is going to lead you into. But you just know something doesn't line up. Something isn't lining up right now, and I need to take a step. The word of the Lord would say to you this, this morning is, take the step. Take the step and see what you can walk upon. There's something about an element of risk in that though, isn't there? Because if you take a step, you don't know what's going to happen. I remember the story, um, I would turn to it, but it would take me too long to find it right now. But the story as the Israelites walk up to the Jordan River, and the whole tribe of Israel is there standing at the banks of the Jordan River. And God speaks to the priests and he says, okay, I need you to take a step into the river. Well, remember the last time they saw waters parted? Remember that? It was the Red Sea. Moses stands there and says, hey, part. And they part. And actually, it's funny because the scripture says they walked through that place on dry land. Awesome. Nobody's feet even got wet. However, they're standing at the banks of the Jordan River this time, and he says, step. And it says that it wasn't until the feet were actually wet that things started to open up. Well, what's that mean? What, what is that? Why would he sh- paint these two pictures? Quickly, I'll, I'll paint one more. And that was when Moses was to get water from the rock. At first he says, okay, hit the rock, water will come out. Does it? Remember that? Next time they need water, Moses hits the rock when he was told he was supposed to speak to it. Why does God do this? Why does he paint these pictures for us? Why does he show us these things that are like, it seems like they're very close to the same? Yet the repercussions of it are so much different. What's going on there? And I can feel um, in the spirit that very kind of things pushing back and forth there. Well, I know that when I did it this way, this last time, it opened up this way and this happened. But he's now calling me to do a similar thing, and I, it just feels wetter. <laughs> My feet are wet now. My boots are full of water now. I don't, what is going on? Something must be amiss. See, there's something that God is trying to, to, to really get into us. I wish I could lay it out for you like, I know already, you're like, "Whoa, man, he must have the answer. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but I think this is where faith comes. See, faith is the substance of things hoped for. And so, number one, I felt that there's actually a hope that is elevating even in this region right now. And you can see <laughs> there's something that people are actually starting to hope. Again, even though it's a small thing, doesn't really matter. There's a level of hope increasing. And because hope comes, there has to be something there. There has to be something attached to it. And so I would say in the body of Christ, what are you hopeful for right now? Is there anything? Or is there something that is just, you just kind of going through day by day by day, just kind of expecting what's that definition of being crazy? Doing the same thing over and over and over, expecting something different to happen. I know I've been guilty of that before. But God is calling his people to actually take, take a step of faith. The very first word I had this year in February, February 5th, I believe it was, is the Lord spoke to me and he said, Lean not on your own understanding. <laughs> and it's like, Yeah, but my understanding is, I got a good understanding of stuff. And it is successful, it actually works. It actually looks like I could, I could see where I could go if I just kept going with this kind of route. And I'm talking in the church thing. And now, the Lord's brought me through a lot. Here's a side note. The Lord's brought me through a lot. I used to play poker professionally, believe it or not. And uh, I sucked when I played by the rules. <laughs> what I mean by that is, I had to manipulate people. I had to get under their skin, and I'm so good at it. I'm really good at it. And then I couldn't do that anymore when I, you know, got saved. I'm like, people want me. i like, I just can't. Because I know what I have to go to to do this. I remember once me and Chris were at the Pentecostal thing in Banff, the first one I'd been to, and I saw... How I could be, at the front, they were having all the leaders, like all the district heads and stuff. I saw how I could be sitting at a table in two years. I saw who I could talk to, to spin around and hit that person and get all the way up to the top. It was evil. <laughs> it's manipulation, right? And I remember making a, a statement at that point, like, I'm not going to do that. And so you go along and you gain understanding and understand. Not that understanding is bad. It's actually really awesome to have understanding. Knowledge and understanding. It's great. But sometimes what I find in myself is I, I get so much understanding, quote unquote, that I can't let anything else come and shift me. Anytime that, anytime that the Lord wants to speak, okay, what about, Getting your feet wet this time. Well, no, because the first time we did this, we did it on dry ground. What about speaking to the rock this time? Well, no, the first time I did this, I hit it. And he says, lean not on your own understanding. Well, anyone that's gone through that before knows that's like almost a horrible thing to hear. Because... But I have an understanding of this. Why would I want to actually try to learn everything all over again? Why would I want to try to do that? It's because it's not about me. It isn't. As much as I want it to be about me, as much as I want to be the one that that gets exalted and like, like, whoa, look at Jesse, he's going all these awesome things. As much as I want it to be like that, it isn't. So he says, lean not on your own understanding and in all your ways trust and acknowledge him. He will direct my path. Hmm. Think about work. Back in the beginning of work, it was basically just slavery. Well, it was slavery. That's how he worked. <laughs> I own you. You do this for me, or you die. <laughs> I mean, really. <laughs> Slaves are, they kind of have one thing. They're owned by someone else, and that's it. And then, okay, well, that doesn't work fully. Okay. So, Industrial Revolution kind of thing happens, and you work 14 hours a day, pretty much still slaves, but with the, with the notion, like, hey, if you don't do what I say, your whole family's going to die, you're not going to have a job, everything's going to fall apart for you. Well, geez, I better work 14 hours a day in horrible conditions and maybe die anyway, but I'll do it. then it spins like you go through you can go through a lot of cycles then it spins totally the other way where it's like do whatever you want I know there's a company that like decided to pay every single person at their company the exact same salary (laughs) guess how long that lasted (laughs) it didn't it went bankrupt I mean you can't you can't have a mailboy getting paid the same as some executive making huge it just doesn't work that way And so we try these things to kind of make our way through it, but it doesn't work. And I asked why. Well, the motive to get people to work isn't right. The question I have for us today is, what's the motivation of you being here? What's the motivation of you coming to worship? What's the motivation of you coming and Declaring these things to God, shouting, dancing, being quiet, quiet, being silent, going into the streets and preaching, coming in here. and pre- What's the motivation? What's the motivation? Because to me, even though Moses got water from the rock, he hid it because the motivation wasn't right. So what's your motivation? I desire the church, the body of Christ, to be strong, to be leading the way in industry and technology and art and entertainment. I, I, I see the body of Christ in its fullness doing those things. But why would God release those things fully if the motivation isn't there? <laughs> if you're doing it based out of Slavery. <laughs> Better do this or your family's gonna die and they're all gonna like go to hell. The other side of the coin, too. Oh, because everything's fine and there's no, you know, you can do whatever the heck you want. Motivation isn't there. <laughs> Something's messed up, something is askew. And I'm not saying everybody in here has a bad motivation. Please. Fern, your motivation's good, right? <laughs> good answer. <laughs> no, that, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying we're, it's just, we all suck and our motivation sucks and why are we doing this? Because we all suck. That's not what I'm saying. I am saying that God wants a purer faith. He wants the, the flame. You know when you're like trying to get the propane flames? Like when it's, when it's like flamey and red. That's not pure. You want it blue and pointy, right? You want it burning clean and hot. That's what he's trying to do to us right now. He's trying to dial us in to say, okay, yeah, you're flames. <laughs> yeah, they're burning things. But wouldn't you rather run more efficiently? Wouldn't you rather run at a peak optimal kind of spot? And that's what he's doing. And so we say, you know, sometimes it's like, well, this is way too hard. Scripture reminds us, helps us, and says, guess what? I'm not going to test you beyond what you can bear. It's in Colossians, right? Four, I think. Something like that. (laughs) I wish the numbers stuck. (laughs) The words stick, but the numbers sometimes don't stick. not going to test you beyond what you can bear and believe me he can test you he can push you pretty much to the edge (laughs) there's been times i've sat there like on my and this is what i do (laughs) on my bathroom counter and look in the mirror at myself i'm like i'm not sure i can do this anyone ever done that looking in your eyes it's hard i do that a lot i look there and i'm like okay can I, am I able to do this? Is this something that's even possible? Like these and I don't want to go too much into what I'm seeing right now, um, because I don't really feel I should. We can talk another time about that, but just, as a family right now, think about looking in the mirror. <laughs> And you look in there and you're looking at yourself. And I, I mean, if you haven't done this, you should do this today. <laughs> look in the mirror. Just look at your eyes. And ask the Lord, speak right there, Lord. Is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Is this, is this your plan? Is this your will for me? Is this, am I, am I feeling this right? Am I sensing what you're trying to say to me Correctly. See, to me, and I mean, I, this might shock some people, but to me, I talk to the Lord like, like that. It's very personal to me. I wake up in the morning and, I mean, Nikki knows, like, my hair is in my beard. Is, it, it's not good. But I can still, like, in that moment, actually speak to him. And that's something that, like I said, six years old, I remember hearing that song. I've always talked that way to God. And you can too. You can actually make that communication with him in a way that you didn't even know was possible. And I know that the level at which I'm speaking to him is just a small amount of what he actually wants to speak to me the way i communicate with him is a way it's just a little tiny little microcosm of how he really wants to be with me and so when these things come up and you're looking at yourself in the mirror and you're like okay i mean it just seems so crazy right now you can hear him speak to you you can hear him speak This has kind of gone on a side note, but if you've struggled with hearing the voice of the Lord, I'm saying to you right now that He wants to speak, that He actually wants to, t- to talk to you, that He actually wants to have that communication. And it's not even like, and I, I mean, oh, you guys know me. I love worship, I really do but even beyond that time when we're, when we're standing here as one and adoring him, declaring who he is, even beyond that, there's an intimacy. There's an intimacy that we're meant to have. That there's something deeper, even still, that we're meant to walk in. Imagine like actually having that communication that way And so, back to us. What is our motive? What is the motive that I come here every week? Or not come. There's weeks I don't want to. Anyone with me on that? <laughs> don't be shy. I know that we say, okay, anytime we're with the Lord, is great. And it is. It's just sometimes are better than others, it seems. And I can't really argue that. It just seems that way. I know that people feel that way too. It's like, well, that didn't feel like it had for me in the past. What is that? What's going on there? There must be something wrong with me. Oh, no. I've fallen away from the Lord again. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. There was not much there. (laughs) It was dark. (laughs) This is like a void. It says the spirit of God hovered over the waters. We sang that song this morning. Talked a little bit about it on Wednesday and I wanted to go, I was thinking I was gonna go more into this, but I'm not gonna. But, well, I shouldn't say that. Maybe we will. But hovered over the waters. And I mean, water is talked about a lot in the Bible. Lots. In fact, the human body is made up of a good chunk of water. 70, 80%, somewhere in there. You can Google that for an exact number. A lot. And to hear the Lord say that I want to hover over people. I actually want to hover over the waters because many times we're referred to in Scripture as water. Out of your innermost being flow rivers of living water, the sound of many waters, water everywhere, tons of water. <laughs> and the Spirit of God, the very first verse of the Bible, says the Spirit of the Lord hovered over the waters. To me, that's significant. To me, that means that this was always meant to be an intimate relationship. This was always meant to be something close. It was always meant to be something that I could tie to, connect to, be intimate with. There's kids in the room, so we won't go any deeper than that. (sighs) You can use your imagination. Uh, (laughs) That's actually a part of it too, FYI. But there's an intimacy that's meant to happen. How do you know he's hovering over you? How do you know he's actually hovering right there? Well, to me, when he can hear the whisper, something's close. When you hear the whisper of a voice, you know someone's close to you. And so my feeling, is the best way I could say it, I guess, right now, is that he wants to draw closer to us than he has before. But it might not be a hitting the rock, it might not be a speaking to the rock, it might not be a walking through in dry land, it might not be a getting your feet wet. It doesn't matter. We lean not on our own understanding and trust Him and acknowledge Him in all I do. all I say, all that I am, He will direct our paths. And if there's anything about God I've learned, is that if you are on that path, there's nothing closer. There's nothing safer. You could be in the most dangerous place in the world and be on that path and be more safe than the safest place in the world and not on that path. It's not to make you afraid. It's to remind us like, oh, he's got me in a way that nobody else does. Jake can come here for a second. <laughs> this is my son, in whom I am well pleased, is getting taller. Hmm. How far in do I go with this? Um. There's a massive size difference at this stage, but he'll get there. <laughs> but a couple weeks ago like I don't know if you know much about me in terms of what I'm like maybe you do, maybe you don't but I wear my heart on my sleeve <laughs> if you haven't figured that out by now you haven't been watching close enough <laughs> and so when things go wrong they go wrong and everyone knows and so a few weeks ago, there was a moment that I lost it. It wasn't at Jakin at all. It wasn't at anybody, even though one of the kids did something bad. It broke something of mine. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, it wasn't a good moment at the time, but what came from it was, actually. And I remember Jude and, and Jakin and were down talking to me, and they were upset. We all were. And they, um, there was a lot of fear. Lots of fear. (laughs) And I realized, wow. They, here's the reality. They are following the Lord right now because I scared them into it. they're afraid we're not we're not supposed to be that way this isn't something based on fear all of this isn't and if it if it if it is and that's the motivation that we're doing it it has to change it has to be different. God wants a family. He wants something intimate with his people. Yes, he's all those things that we read about in scripture where he, you know, he, he, he causes Ananias and Sapphira to drop dead. <laughs> and you're like, whoa. Yes, he's all those things. But he's also the great lover of people. Why would he create us otherwise? Yes, I'm aware he could destroy it all in a second. The mountains could melt. You know, oh, just a it's the sound of his voice, they would melt. But that's not, why, that's not why we're supposed to love him. We love him because he first loved us. And if there's any other motivation of why we're doing what we're doing, even today, even in this place. It isn't the right one then. And I know this is hard because we've done things a certain way and I've been here for over a decade now. And I love it. But I know that there's been times my motivation has been pulled the wrong way and I'm doing it because of insert reason here. And it wasn't boiled down. I didn't boil it down enough. And it wasn't revealed to me fully. And I felt the struggle of it for a while. But it wasn't revealed to me that till that night, till I talked to Jacob and, and Jude. It's like, wow, that's how I'm actually living right now. I'm afraid. And God wants to change that. God wants to redeem, He wants to heal that. He wants us to be motivated out of that first initial love that he gave. He wants us to do all of the things that we do, whether it be intense times of intercession and declaring things for the nations or going out to the neighbors. If the motivation's messed up for either one of those, it's not going to have the same effect. But if the motivation is that, no, first he loved me, therefore I do this, then you can actually be effective in the kingdom of God. It doesn't matter what you do then. You can be a plumber. (laughs) And a lot of you guys are plumbers now. (laughs) It's like the new trend. (laughs) I talked to Jeremy last night. He's like, oh, maybe you should be a plumber too. You're hiring? (laughs) Anyway, but you can be a plumber and you can be, you know, a pastor, a full-time minister. You can be those things and still be a Christian. You can be those things and still be a part of the family of God. You don't have to live in fear. You don't have to live that way. Imagine what it would be like if the world could live without fear. And I I know that, man, we're really getting into it now. That politically, there are sides, each side, right and left, use fear to get people to vote for them. Both sides do it. You can say, like, oh, well, that one doesn't work. It doesn't really matter. It's all the wrong motivation. And so, and so because of that, we're actually setting ourselves up for disaster. If we think just one of them winning is going to fix everything, it just can't. Why? It's based off the wrong thing. It's based off the wrong motivation. If we want to win, if we want to do something here that we can actually win, which Scripture says we already have, by the way, if we want to actually enter into that, the motivation has to change. we have to. If I come in here every week based on fear, it is not going to be very long before I don't want to be here anymore. It's not going to last long. Even if it's like motivations like, okay, if I go there. I'll get what I want. It's not going to last long. <laughs> even, even something great like being healed. If that's it, like I'm just going there just so I can get healed. It's not going to last long. There's a motivation that God is pulling us into. I can, I can feel it. It's like a, it's like a giant spaceship taking off, and pulling us into something else. Like, the power of that. You ever seen one take off? It's amazing. But the power of it taking off, I can feel that surging, that God is pulling us into this motivation that things are actually going to get done. Things are actually going to be affected. Things are going to shift where you didn't think. It was possible. And so, out of the mouths of babes, is perfected praise. I don't know what the next season holds. Largely to do with the word I gave at the beginning of the year. Lean not on your understanding. (laughs) And I'm happy for that. I love this place. But I love a lot of places. (laughs) That's not scary. It's just true. And my heart's big for a lot of places. I love Paris. I love Ireland. I love Spain. I love Edmonton. Not sure about the team yet. If you see me start cheering for the Oilers, yeah, it will (laughs) be something's changed. (laughs) But I'm more interested in. You could be in any of those places, great. You could be here, awesome. But for motivation's off, none of it's going to matter. And it, again, it's hard, to, it's hard to speak sometimes without, like, thinking the fear way. Because when you say something like, when, you, when the people went to see Jesus on the, on the day of judgment, even that in itself sounds fearful. Like, oh, man, that sounds horrible. <laughs> but he says, like, okay, department for me, I never knew you. But, Lord, we did all these things. And that, for a long time, scared me. Man, I don't want to make, make sure I'm not like that. And yeah, there is an element of that that's true. We don't want that to happen. But I think he was pointing at something in the motivation. <laughs> yeah, you said you did, but you didn't know me. At the end of the day, that's what matters. How well do you know him? I tell you, man. If we get an even deeper revelation of how much we know them now, what is what is possible? I can imagine a lot. And I just know and people's motivation changes of why they're doing so. Oh man. They just run. Run. You get handed the football and they plow through whatever. I actually like that feeling put your head down and just run and so today Lord I pray that we would not be a people based of fear what's going to happen to me if I don't do this do it exactly right oh no but then also understanding that God requires things you can fill the you can fulfill those requirements by understanding that he loved me first. you can all say that about yourself and then what's possible Lord, I pray that as we look in the mirror this week as we look and say like, I just pray you speak in a way so deeply the way i I mean like I said, my way is really small, and I know that but but if he, but I just know it's really important to me. So I pray that it's that important to you. That it's that intimate with you. Lord, I pray as you speak to us this week that you will reveal the motive that really will get this job done. That will really cause us to run this race, the long one. Not just the short one. To you drive something deeper into us and cause something even more beautiful and more perfected, more lovely, more fragrant to come out. Because we're supposed to be the light of the world. And I want to be that light. So Lord, I pray this week that these are the things that will remind us of who we are and where we come from. In Jesus' name,
0: amen. Everybody give Jake in a hand. Look at that, man. He was up there for 20 minutes. He didn't do too bad either, hey? I was pretty sure when he was talking about that flame thing there that I did hear him say flames suck. Did you hear that too? I was sure I heard that in there. Um... Jan's going to come up in a minute. She wants to share something that she's going to close in prayer. But I just want to say I, that it is about the motivation. You know, like I grew up in the, the Catholic Church. And, you know, I knew that, you know, you go see the priest for 10 minutes, you're done, or five minutes, you're done. And sometimes coming to church for two hours is our penance. Right? That's it. It's just we've extended it. You know, we come in here, we do this for two hours, we've done our deed. It is all about the motivation. And God wants our heart more than anything. And I think that's what he was trying to get at today. Don't get stuck on the form, how it looks, how it sounds. He wants your heart, and he wants you to know he can speak to you anywhere. In here, at home, when you're driving, it doesn't matter. He wants our heart, and he's going after it.
4: Um. So I, I was just thinking about, for me personally, um, responding to when my motivation is off. And, of course, one of the questions that I ask is, well, how do I change my motivation then? Especially, uh, you know, coming from my experience, which is I grew up performing. And um, that performance orientation gains me favour and love but ends up leaving me very empty and dry. And um, so how do I change that? Like, what do you do when you don't know how to change your motivation? And uh, <clears throat> the past couple of weeks, I kept having this vision during worship every time. Um, and it was the story of, I feel like I'm going to get this wrong, but the Israelites were in the desert, and they went to draw water, and it was bitter. Mara, right? Mara, And the Lord directed Moses to throw a leaf in the water, right? A stick in the water. And, um... I always thought that was such a strange story because I was like, what does a stick do for water that's gone bitter? Um, And so during worship, I kept having this vision um, of the tree that is talked about in Revelation. Um, The leaves of the trees are for the healing of the nations. And I, I kept seeing this picture of leaves falling from the tree from heaven, and landing in our waters. So Jesse said, we're made up of water. And also in the spirit, you know, this water that God talks about. And I kept seeing this picture of this leaf from the tree that's for the healing of the nations, and just seeing it fall into my waters and healing the bitterness. And so mm, I just wanted to, mm, maybe I'll say suggest that if you are carrying bitterness about coming here and operating in a form that has left you dry, um, that's on, on you, and that's on me to change my heart. And so one of the things that I've had to do, where I have come up bitter because of performing all my life, and feeling like somebody demanded that of me, I've had to go to God and I've had to say, Here's my bitterness. Please send your leaves to heal these waters that are bitter and stagnant. I need to own this. Um, and so I just, I actually feel like God is offering us the leaves of the tree. For the healing of the nations, starting with our own waters, and if you feel today that you need to grab a hold of one of those leaves and let God drop it in your waters, just do it right now. And you know what? I'm just going to pray. Lord, we we reach into the heavenlies right now, and um, we go we go to that tree. Oh. There's there's so many leaves there, and they're available to us, and they're for the healing of the nations. But first, our hearts have to be healed. Um, where where we have operated in a motivation that doesn't agree with your heart, because we've believed a lie about who you are. That's what it comes down to: is we haven't believed that you're loving. We've thought that you were demanding. Uh, we believe that you sat on your throne and you judged and you separated yourself from us. Uh, we believe that you are harsh. We believe that you're a taskmaster. We believe that you're angry. We believe that you've removed yourself from your people. And I know that we've believed that because of the motivations that we've operated out of. We may say we don't believe that, but our actions say otherwise. And our hearts, our waters have become bitter, Lord. We confess that today, God, that we want fresh waters to flow in our spirits today. We want our hearts to be pure and clean We want to see you for who you are. We don't want the story of our lives to be based on a lie that we believed about who you are. And so today, we reach into heaven and we grab hold of those leaves that are for the healing of the nations. And you've called us to heal the nations. You've called this body to be a healer of the nations. It's been prophesied over this church that eagles would come into this place and they would find their healing and they would find their wings and they would fly. And so today, Lord, we pray that where our waters have become bitter and stagnant and where we've operated on a wrong motivation, we grab hold of those leaves and we let them fall into our waters and we let our waters become fresh again, God, clear and pure and true. Based on the truth, and oh God, we receive your love. We ask now, God, that you'd show us the lies that we've believed about you. And we ask, God, that you'd show us your truth. That those leaves would just cleanse the waters, and that your truth would come, and it would rain in our lives. Come hover over us now hover over the waters of our spirit and come close we have resisted you we confess that we have resisted you because we have believed wrongly about you we have been afraid of you we have pushed back your your promise of intimacy and we have not received you fully you have hovered and we have said no you have hovered and we have said go and so we ask, God, now that you would hover over us and that we would receive you. And that our waters would be healed today, God. God, we will not be called Mara anymore. But we will be called lovers of the Lord. Lovers, lovers. Come and come and stir the waters, God. Come and stir the waters of our spirit again. That they would be like a roaring river inside of us. That they would rage. Like deep calls unto deep. Like the roar of a waterfall. Stir up the waters again, Lord. We invite you to hover over us. I just want to declare today that the leaves of the trees that are for the healing of the nations are in us. They've healed our waters and we are no longer bitter but whole. Thank you for the healing in this body, Lord. Thank you that it goes forward today. Thank you that we get to share it with others.
1: So the Lord, as Jen started talking about the leaves of the trees, um, reminded me of a song that I wrote here in this house, maybe 10 years ago. Do you mind if I play it? Okay. I'll put this here.
3: if you're feeling that you're supposed to venture into something new, if you're supposed to venture into a new um, uh, an opening, but there's fear circulating around that right now, I want you to come to the front because there's a release that is for you this morning. For all those that feel like they're meant, they're, there's a pull to venture into something new, there's a release for you here right now. God, in Jesus' name, come quickly. So I'm just going to pray. God, in Jesus' name, I declare the season of adventure, the season of venturing to be open, that fear would be washed away, that fear would fall to the wayside, that there would be a widening of that stream of prophetic flow, that there would be a widening of innovation, technology, of, of industry. God, I pray right now in Jesus' name that the venturing spirit of the people of God would rise up in this day and break forward into new grounds break forward into new grounds break forward into new grounds do not be afraid do not be afraid venture forward the spirit of the Lord says I have placed this in your heart venture in my name but just remember that this week don't walk in fear love sound mind And release the spirit of God. Let him release to you. Amen. Thank you.